This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Or is it? For many, the holiday season brings forth a different group of feelings. Sadness, sorrow, despair, just to name a few. Today, we get honest about the holiday season for those who are feeling a sense of loss at a time when others appear to be experiencing nothing but joy. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Good morning, Miss Andrea. Good morning, Miss Jessica. How are you this lovely day? I'm okay this lovely day. I am enjoying my coffee a little bit late for me, but it is making me very happy. I see you've got yours. I actually have a store purchase coffee. You've been doing some stuff this morning. I've been doing some stuff. You know what? It's one of those mornings where I tempted the universe. What? Oh, the house is going to actually be empty this morning. I'm going to record from home. I'm going to start laundry early. Legit looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Dun-dun-dun, Murphy's Law. I saw the funniest meme yesterday where it was like, Every time a mom tries to get some stuff done, like she looks forward to the day, cue the call from the school nurse that says, your child just threw up at school. 100%. (sighs) That is me today. But you know what? So I have my star bot. (laughs) You like that? I like it. Star bot coffee. Unless said sound alike coffee wants to sponsor our show, in which case we'll talk about you all day. You know, the company that rhymes with Barbucks mm-hmm. wants to, you know, be a part of our show. I will happily talk about my star bot coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did mention in the gratitude episode how very grateful you are for coffee. So like it's very genuine. It is genuine. And I really do love coffee, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We all know this by now. Okay, so let's get to today's topic. Most people know, but I want to reiterate just my specialty. As our beloved listeners know, we are both therapists Mm -hmm. who like to show up though as human beings on this show. But today I'm showing up a little as both. I specialize in grief work. Well, one of the things I specialize is in grief work 
Network. And if you haven't listened to my episode during Suicide Prevention Awareness Week, that really gives a good story about what brought me to this work. Mm -hmm. I like to say grief work chose me. I didn't Mm. choose grief work. One of the things inside of my office that I see a lot is struggles during the holiday season when you are grieving. And let me highlight that grieving doesn't necessarily, although my specialty is around death and dying, it's not just about death and dying. It's about all kinds of different losses or lack thereof that bring a sense of sadness, sorrow, despair, Mm -hmm. other than joy. Mm -hmm. Now, Andrea, I know you see your own kind of loss with the women that you see. Yeah. What, what are you seeing or do you hear about during this time of year? I tend to work with women who are in our life stage-ish, right? So women who are wanting to become pregnant, who are pregnant, who have just had babies, and then up through the parenting years. So I see a lot of different grief during the holiday season. The one that is most poignant for me, and this is a personal example, sort of. I'm a little iffy if I should say it, but I just think it's such a good example that I think I'm going to. So I trust your judgment here. I know. So I just think about a friend of mine who experienced a pregnancy loss. And I know for this friend and for all of the clients that I work with just like her, the holidays can bring a particular grief because from the minute that you get pregnant, from the minute that you try to get pregnant, you are forecasting into the future. So if you get pregnant in February, you already envision that at that Christmas tree, you will be holding your new baby. And what will it be like? If you get pregnant in the middle of the year, maybe you do Christmas cards and you are going to use them as a birth announcement. And for me, walking through a loss with a close friend of mine really, I guess it really made real a lot of the things that we hear about. It was so devastating. I was so devastated for her, for her family. And this was one of those moments that just like, it it hurts to think about. I remember after her loss headed towards Thanksgiving, Christmas, that she had to throw out all of her Christmas cards because they were announcing her pregnancy and she wasn't pregnant anymore. Do you, you probably can't because I have glasses on. Do you see me tearing up over here? I, I can't see that, but I'm feeling it. So that to me, it was just, there was like loss upon loss upon loss for this particular friend, but for everyone who's experiencing infertility or experiencing the loss of a pregnancy, the loss of a child. We have a very strong mental picture about what the holidays would be like. And when that involved you being at some phase of your pregnancy, being pregnant even at all, or having a child or having all of your children there and they're not, it is like, it's a stunning, stunning loss. I work with postpartum mental health. I work with pregnant and postpartum moms. That's my passion. But I had not personally experienced a loss. And you can learn everything about it, you know, through a course or a book, but then you live it even secondhand and you're like, well, shit, I had no idea what this was really like. Yeah. I hope your friend listens to our podcast because I just want to say that the reason I am tearing up is because I've actually been exactly where you're talking about and kind of forgot to be honest about it. Mm. But I, after my daughter 
I had two losses. Oh, Jess, I did not know that. I didn't know. I was just thinking that. I'm like, I don't know if she knows this. And one that was a little bit later on, Mm. we're going into the second trimester. So it already kind of had ultrasounds and all of that. But Mm -hmm. we had Christmas cards. As soon as you said that, that's what brought the tear because I forgot. We took professional family pictures and Mm. my daughter, my oldest, was holding a sign and we had on it, baby, our big sister coming or you know something like that I can't remember and I will never forget I had the loss and right after we got the proofs saying it with the announcement Mm -hmm. I was just remembering that and God bless the photographer we were working with because we still wanted to keep these pictures Mm -hmm. but she had to like photoshop out and we just had Merry Christmas Mm -hmm. or something on there but Mm -hmm. I can't remember if I sent those out it seems like a lifetime ago in a, in a total blur, I, I have a visual memory of having to have that photo ship shopped out mm. to just say Merry Christmas, knowing God. that. So to that friend of yours who I hope she listens, oh, my heart just goes out to her because mm-hmm. it is profoundly painful mm-hmm. and I am so happy that you brought this subject up because I do speak a lot about death and dying, but there are so many different kinds of losses mm-hmm. outside of the traditional ones that we're talking about right. that make this season hard. Yes. A a couple other ones that come to mind that I think sometimes we don't give enough weight to, but if you're going through a divorce Mm -hmm. and it's like the first, you know, whether you're going through it or you've gone through one and it just, this is not the holidays as you've ever experienced them before. And it's not It's like you're trying to navigate not only your nuclear family and like how do we do this and what does it look like and it's so difficult, but also extended family. You know, what is it like the first time that you realize that like, oh, your mother-in-law and father-in-law who have been that for you for 20 years, like they don't want to see your face. You're not getting a happy Merry Christmas text from them, you know. Maybe you're legit alone. At a time that otherwise, like every year it's the, you know, Christmas party where we all get together and like you're not invited. Or maybe you've just like lost your job and you're out of work and you're at like a, you know, you show up and maybe not everybody knows. That was one thing that I've just recently realized is that, you know what, sometimes people, you lose your job. Have you ever heard that like story? I don't know if like it's like an urban legend of, you know, dad went out to work every day, got dressed and went out to work, but actually had been fired, you know, three months before. I actually think that happens. I do too. I actually think that people will be going through a massive loss like this that impacts your identity, impacts your resources. When suddenly you're going, I don't, I don't think we can buy that for our kids. I don't, we do not have money for new Christmas outfit. Do you really need me to bring a bottle of wine to the event? I can't swing it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Or at Christmas or the holidays are going to look different because we financially can't afford to provide like we usually do. And I will say I have heard this more inside of my office and outside. Mm -hmm. I think people obviously tend to be more honest inside of my office, but collectively as a society, I have heard just financial hardship Mm -hmm. over and over and just everything being really expensive right now. It is. Then add a loss of a job to it. Divorce is, I'm really happy that you brought that one up because Mm -hmm. that is death, right? It is the death of what you thought it would be. Nobody gets married, or I shouldn't say nobody, but 
nobody I've ever heard of gets married thinking, eh, right. maybe it'll work out. Maybe, maybe it'll, it'll work out. Maybe not. 50-50. Maybe, right. you know, one day I'll get divorced. Right. It's not usually part of the fairy tale no. that we have inside of our our heads. And so yeah. I think about moms, dads out there who are going to experience their first holiday season without their children. Mm. Or they're empty nesters and their child just got married and will be spending the holidays with their significant other. Mm. There is so many situations outside of just death and dying Mm -hmm. that create grief during this time. Girl, you just hit an empathy button I did not know I had. In this stage of life, like in-laws are like, ugh, something that we center ourselves in that story, right? As the person who's raising the children. And that's that's true. I'm centered in my own story. Also, one day, I'm going to be that mom. (gasps) Oh my God, I'm going to be a mother-in-law three times over. I like, I don't think this is the first time I've thought of this. It keeps me up. My sense of impending grief is high and we'll have to have another episode on that. As a mom of three boys and one girl. Oh, yeah. So actually I'll be a mother-in-law four times over, but I just don't think I was going to question why you said three, but I think it's different for boys. It hits different with boys. That's why. 100%. But the thought of like, oh, like the first Christmas or holiday, Thanksgiving, whatever, when my own family is not intact around the table – that like that hurts my heart. Also, like it makes me think about all these conversations that we're having around setting boundaries and all these things, which need to happen. But also, like, can I zoom back out and have a little bit more empathy for you know, like, no one should act crazy because they can't have four hundred fifty-two extended family events, you know. But also, like, maybe we could understand a little bit why the person who, you know, you've had a family and you wake up on Christmas and maybe you're not invited. Maybe there's been a falling out. That's another kind of loss. Oh, yes. And you're not welcome. Oh, God. It's good to talk through this because when you were saying, you mentioned recently that this is your busy season, which we have the weirdest jobs. because Total weird. It's like I'm an accountant. I'm like, it's tax season. Q4 of every year is my busy season, but... (laughs) But it makes sense. I mean, maybe you can expand a little bit on why you think the holidays are the busy season, obviously for joy, but for grief. So I want to draw from some work by Dr. Camille Warman, and she writes a blog, This Emotional Life. I just want to highlight her here, and I will attach what I'm referring to in our show notes. But she talks about kind of four big dilemmas of the holiday season. One is the requirement of cheerfulness. Mm. And that one hits home with anybody and everybody. I mean, heck, I started this episode with talking about it's the most wonderful time of the year. Mm-hmm. We all know that song. Right. It is playing all the time. Joy to the world. Right. Right. I mean, it's all about joy right. and cheer and happiness. And anybody out there is like me, when somebody tells me I have to feel a certain way, I usually Mm -hmm. reject it and do the exact opposite, Mm -hmm. right? And so this is a time, though, where cheer is just shoved down people's throats. Well, and cheer is a little bit different than joy. Now, this is, this like brings us back to like my religious growing up, but there was a really big distinction drawn between happiness and joy. Joy being kind of like an abiding feeling that we could have despite our circumstances. Again, I know that this gets a little religious, but like track with me here. That can happen anytime. We, in fact, are 
allowed to be joyful or maybe even called to be joyful, or it could be a practice to be joyful despite your circumstances. It's hard, but you can do it. Happy, cheerful, you know, boisterous, big laughs, dressing fancy and like la la la, like that's a different level. And in a weird way, it's actually harder to come by, I think, because it's oh, so incongruent, yeah. right? I, I think joy can live alongside gratitude, for example. You might be able to hold these two things at once, the sorrow that you have and the life and the, the gratitude that you have for the life that you have as well, right? But cheerfulness, like, fuck, you know, you just buried your father. Like, are we, are we like having a party? That's, that's that fun. feels gross. It's like super incongruent. So cheerfulness is its own, like, ugh. Right? And it is. It's constantly feels like a requirement. Right. So number two and three are similar. The minefield of social exchanges, Mm -hmm. which go back to our episode a couple weeks ago, that no-sember episode that we're referring to. There's a minefield of social exchanges, party after party after going on. On top of that, we've got the complexity that goes along with each one of those social exchanges. Right. You know what's so funny about this is that, again, we're put in these dumb situations where we have to do small talk. Small talk is a minefield for social exchanges. You're probably around a lot of people who are acquaintances and you're having like acquaintance level talk. So like you're just constantly around people who don't know your story. Correct. And then you're in this weird space where you're like, do I just say like, I'm good, right? And that's a totally reasonable response. There's lots of reasons you might. Or you say, actually, this is really sad for me. <laughs> and then you just like suck the air out of the room. I mean, And then just, it goes silent. Right. Their record stops and they're like, well, she made this not cheerful. Well, and I mentally prepare people that you are going to get people come up, coming up to you at the most inappropriate times of the night and say, how are you doing? Yes. When they know, they might poke right at it too. Oh, yeah. Logic says, in what world is somebody going to actually open up and respond to you in that setting, in that event, which kind of feeds a bigger problem of people thinking you're doing better than you're doing because they're asking you at an inappropriate time. Right. So you just go with, oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Great. Yeah, voice gets higher. 30 people Mm -hmm. around. You should see our like really tight smiles right now. They are like, uh huh. Like that, oh, like teeth are clenched, but smile is on the face, you know, doesn't reach the eyes. I have like stress in my shoulders as Mm -hmm. I do it. Well, and you know what the thing is, and I know we'll get to this later, but this is awkward for everybody, right? It's not just hard for the person who's experienced a loss, whether it's known or unknown. It's hard for everyone who's trying to navigate being in community with someone who's experiencing a loss. I mean, what are you actually supposed to do in that situation? Say nothing? Like, I know you just lost your child, but I say nothing? Okay, well, that's terrible. And then it's like, uh, but I, I bring it up over, you know, mini quiches. Like, that's also terrible. There's just not good options there. And so I feel like everyone, especially with a big known loss, like a big known loss, I think, is trying to walk through this minefield that you mentioned. And it is difficult. It is very, very difficult because you don't know where where to step. And pretty much wherever you step, it's going to be wrong. 100% for everybody collectively. Mm -hmm. I want to just say that there is no right. There is like, it's all just a disaster right right now. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult, which brings us kind of the last piece, which is really important. She refers to as the ambush. Mm -hmm. This one I see all the time. There are 
expected moments of sadness, Christmas Mm. morning, Mm -hmm. say, or actually the anniversary of my father's death is two days after Christmas. Very expected Mm -hmm. sadness that's going to come along with it. It's the ambushing of the unexpected Mm. that gets you Mm -hmm. taking out Christmas ornaments, getting a card in the mail, right? running into somebody whose child might be at the exact same place where your child. I've had, I've seen that with moms before saying, I ran into my friend who was telling me that her child just got into their dream school. And all I could think of is my child will never go to college. Mm. So these little moments or, you know, kids come home from school and you're reminded that you don't have any to come home Mm. or you've got, you know, your new cousin who's carrying around her beautiful little baby while you just lost yours. Right. Oh, so I, this episode is giving me a a lot of feels. I know. Getting a lot of, you know, kind of those chill moments because I know it's a gift that we have to be able to sit with people in these really vulnerable situations and in a lot of pain. It also means that when we talk about this, I can think about people that I work with who are so, who I care for so much or people that I know who have experienced just unbelievable losses or the losses that we've experienced. And I can feel how that feels. It's a weird thing that we do as therapists and something that I think the rest of the world would benefit from. If you really feel someone else's experience, like you really let yourself feel it. I don't know, man. It just it just changes things. So we have years of feeling the deepest pain of people. And when we talk about it, I don't just think about it. I feel it, you know? Yeah, true empathy, Mm -hmm. right? Putting yourself into another person's life, right? In position or tapping into your own experience that helps you relate to theirs. And even like just, and maybe this is empathy, but just the experience of being in that moment with somebody, really being in that moment with somebody. It's not even about like imagining yourself in someone else's shoes. It's like, oh shit, I went down into the pit on this one before. And I can feel it again. Yeah. I mean, and when we talk about ambushing, it's a little bit like at the very beginning when you started talking about your good friend and all mm-hmm. of a sudden it was, holy moly, I've I've been there. Right. I went through that. But oftentimes it's not in our immediate, you know, everyday thought process. But there's something that just is said or done or you see that brings these memories back. And during right. the holiday season, it's just more prevalent. So looking at all of these different types of losses, as much as I don't want to say advice, I do want to speak to how we can support ourselves when we're experiencing a loss. Because it's not, we're not saying if you do these things, you're going to be great. We're just saying if you do these things, you might be marginally better than if you don't. And it's like giving ideas. Right. Yes. Our goal is never to actually remove the experience. That is outside of our control. Um, In fact, we... We know that you're going to feel things if you're going through a season of loss. And that, we actually think that's okay. We just want you to be able to feel the things in a way that's manageable to you. Exactly. So I'm going to start with verbalize your needs. Mm -hmm. If you need to be excluded from an event or want to leave an event, I'm just going to tell you it is okay Mm -hmm. to do so. Yep. And I want to tell you a quick story that about my first Christmas following the big loss of my dad, which I knew was going to be very difficult because Christmas happens to be the last day I saw him. I had wonderful 
support group around me who told me to have multiple plans. Mm. Plan A, plan B, plan C of Mm. what you're going to do on that day. And most importantly, have an exit strategy when you need to get away. On Christmas Day, I said, I'm going to go get coffee because everybody knows I love coffee. I left that morning and I went for a drive and I bawled my ever-loving eyes out Mm. and I got my coffee and listened to some music and drove back when I was ready. Mm. And that's what I did for me. Did it make the pain go away? Heck no. But did it allow me space to feel it in my own controlled environment on that day? Absolutely. A lot of times people will come to us and they want a way to make the pain go away. I don't I just don't want to feel this during the holidays. And I do think that's a much better strategy. Allow yourself to make space to. I promise you that you can feel horribly sad, terrible things, grief and pain beyond anything you ever imagined. And it doesn't mean that that was the last time you were ever sad about the loss of your dad. It just means that moment, that wave, it rises up, it recedes, and you can carry on. Yes, it was control. It mm-hmm. allowed me to have a little tiny bit of control in a time where I felt very out of control. I deal with this all the time, again, with pregnancy, infertility. You don't have to go to the baby shower. Do not go. Say no. It's okay. And you know what the biggest thing about this is? You just say no and then whatever happens, happens. Can someone be bent out of shape? Sure. That's on them. You got to look out for you. Less oh, is yeah. more. We This is like the motto for the show. Less is more. Less but is this, more. It, it actually, this is really actually more. Less is more. Don't do all the things. The complexities of all these social situations are going to take a lot more energy away from our bodies and our minds. Yeah. Ooh, I have an idea though. Ooh, tell me more. So maybe we want to say no to some frivolous things, but maybe you might want to carve out some time if you have someone in your life that you can really process that loss or you can be very honest with or whatever it is that would be helpful to you. Maybe maybe more of that. Less of the icky, more of the yee-hoo. Right. <laughs> as weird right. as that sounds, but it yeah. is true because connecting with somebody with a shared experience or that you can be authentic with actually gives us life. So knowing that there are things that we can do for ourselves, I want to take a moment just to talk to the people listening listening who maybe can't relate from a loss perspective, but Mm -hmm. maybe know somebody who is Mm -hmm. struggling or who has been going through something difficult. Yeah. I think we hinted at this earlier, but whatever you say is probably going to be wrong. Don't spend a lot of mental energy going, hmm, if I say this, what will they say? Well, if I say that, what if I say it this way? What if I do that? Like, don't do that. I would rather just say, I have been thinking about you and I know there are no words. I loved this. I don't know where I read it, but Is there anything that I can do that won't make it worse? That is so good. Oh, my friend, it is so perfect. I was at an event yesterday and at the end they had a panel of individuals who have lost somebody to suicide, one of which was a mother who lost her teenage son during the pandemic. And she answered the question. One of the questions asked by the audience was, how can we support? somebody who has experienced this type of loss. And she said, the only thing I want you to say is there are no words. 
Mm-hmm. But please don't tell me you understand. Mm. Oh, also do not tell somebody. There are a list of things not to say. Oh, I got lots of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should we should make a list. I could put lots should... of them in the show notes. Yeah, do that's not a great say idea. this too shall pass. This happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Go fuck yourself. Because it's don't not you true. Dare. Right. It is don't not you dare say true. that. Unexpected loss. It's an utter tragedy. Yep. Sometimes just straight up sorrow. Every good life has bad seasons in it, and that's just suffering, and we don't need to make sense of it. Also, people who go through horrible loss and horrible things can sometimes at a future point look back and say, I have a silver lining. There is a bright side. Something good came from this. That is their right. That is in the appropriate time. That is never for anyone else to suggest. Like, don't do it. Okay, so I guess we do have some things to say about that. And naturally, our society is really good at invalidating people. Yes. We're not good as a society with sitting with people's it. Hence the cheerfulness that shoved down your throat during the holiday season, right? We don't, we're like, ooh, don't feel that achy stuff. Let's be happy and joyful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will say that I think we collectively as human beings need to know that the people around us are all going through something difficult in some way, shape, or form. Inability to get pregnant, loss of a loved one, divorce, struggles with an addiction, or a loved one who's battling addiction. I mean, Mm -hmm. truly this list goes on and on. And I just want to throw out the word grace. If we can all give each other a little grace right now, knowing that most of the times we truly are doing the absolute best we can. And this extends back to the people who, like we just said, say you say one of those things that we just said, don't ever say it. Okay. You messed it up. Okay. It's, oh, again, I hate to put this on the person who's suffering a loss, but you might want to mentally prep yourself. A lot of people I love and who love me are going to say things that hit me wrong. And I can either take that as they're a horrible, terrible person and I'm done with them and it's over and they suck. Or I can say, well, this is really hard to navigate. And Aunt Sue is real bad at that. And you just let it be true and try to extend, even if you can't feel it, even if you're like, I hate your stupid guts, I can't believe you said that to me, try to extend that little bit of grace to them as well so that you're not heaping on this additional layer of suffering of everyone's terrible and nobody gets it and they all hurt my feelings and everyone's thoughtless because that's just going to make you feel horrible, isolated and alone. And we don't need that for you, not at this time. No, we don't want to isolate. We know that that doesn't lead anywhere good. can be true that some people or even a lot of people don't understand your experience, Mm -hmm. but there are people who do Mm -hmm. understand that. It's just hard to find sometimes. Maybe a grief group would be really important during the holidays. Love grief groups. I mean, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big advocate of groups because I did one myself. I loved it. It was very, very helpful. To the women listening who are feeling everything but joy this holiday season, I want to share a poem that I got from a grief group I was a part of years and years ago. It has continued to bring me comfort over the years. Titled Light a Candle by Paul Alexander. I will light a candle for you to shatter all the darkness and bless the times we knew. Like a beacon in the night, The flame will burn bright and guide us on our way. Oh, today I light a candle for you. The seasons come and go, and I am weary from the change. I keep moving on. You know it's not the same. 
And when I'm walking alone, do you hear me call your name? Do you hear me sing the songs we used to sing? You filled my life with wonder, touched me with surprise. Always saw that something special deep within your eyes. And through the good times and the bad, we carried on with pride. I hold on to the love and life we knew. Thank you for listening to another Honest Women episode. Want to make this conversation a part of your daily life? And let's be honest, who doesn't? Don't forget to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you know a woman who could use a little more honest conversation in her life, please share this podcast with a friend. And you may have noticed this new episode just dropped on a Tuesday. So join us moving forward every Tuesday for a little bit more honest conversation. If you have any ideas for show topics, please send us an email at hello at honestwomenpodcast.com. Until next time, hang in there, ladies.